You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, Military Millionaires? Today we have an exciting episode with Tony Michael as we talk about everything from flipping furniture to flipping mountain bikes to flipping houses, and then obviously your mentality and partnerships and the education that goes into that. Tony is a Coast Guardsman or Coastie who is just crushing it. So hey, if this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. If not, welcome back. The show notes are found at frommilitarytomillionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. Hey guys, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the roadblock to success for military members in getting started in real estate investing. For many of us, the barriers of time, location, and not having the right knowledge keep us from building wealth while serving our country. Well, let me tell you about Storehouse 310 Ventures. They get it. Storehouse 310 Ventures is owned by two active duty naval officers that love to make investing fun, lucrative, and have a passion for education, theirs and yours alike. They offer full turnkey rental properties in a market where the numbers make sense, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, Milwaukee, home to the almost 2018 division titled Milwaukee Brewers, the well-known Miller Brewing Company, and a lot of delicious cheese. Storehouse 310's properties are fully renovated, leased, and have property management in place. Through their rigorous analysis and selection process, they do everything possible to ensure each rental property meets their high standards and offers fantastic returns. Storehouse 310's allows you to invest with confidence while you are living out of state. They have a network of lenders, insurance companies, contractors, a title company, and much more to serve you all along the way. There is absolutely no reason not to get started when you have the right teams and system in place. David and Stu, the owners of Storehouse 310, have been investing themselves for over 15 years. They are on a mission to help as many active duty, reserves, and military veterans create financial freedom through the power of real estate investing. They are honest, transparent, and they prioritize service and giving. They have even committed to give the first 10% of their profits to partner nonprofit organizations that support veteran causes. For more information about their program, send an email to podcast at storehouse310turnkey.com. Again, that is podcast at storehouse310turnkey.com. Tell David and Stu you heard about them through the Military Millionaire Podcast, and they will get you going down the right path. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave from Military to Millionaire, and I am here with Tony Michael, who has been in the Coast Guard for seven years now, and he's uh, he works in the search and rescue world, which is pretty cool. We were talking about that before the recording. We'll try not to deviate down that. I mean, we probably talked about that for like 30 minutes before we started recording. And uh, anyway, so he's gotten into some real estate investing. I, he's actually been doing a lot of flipping of various things. And now he's in the real estate realm, and we wanted to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and all that. So, Tony, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity for being on here. And um, basically, Tony Michael, I'm a aviation electrical technician in the United States Coast Guard. Do search and rescue, I work on helicopters uh, mainly, and uh, other various things. But yeah, so um, getting started, uh, you know, I was when I was younger, uh, my parents opened up a store. And uh, I kind of got the entrepreneur bug. I didn't realize it at the time, but um, they opened up a furniture store and they were able to um, grow from basically nothing to a three hundred to $500,000 business within a couple of years. And being young, I saw it, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to understand like what I was watching at the time until my dad was like, hey, you want to buy a piece of furniture? You got $200. You'll, you'll sell it for 550 next week. And I'm like, 
no, I want to hang on to my money. <laughs> I didn't realize like the return on the, on the, on the furniture side. So I, I ended up doing it eventually and I saw the return and then I used whatever money I had to purchase a dirt bike because I was in a dirt biking at the time. And uh, I bought a, a little Yamaha TTR 125 for 1200 bucks and rode it for a year and a half, outgrew it. And then I sold it for I think 1550 or 1600 bucks cash. And then I saw that, I saw that growth again and I'm like, Holy cow. Like, this is cool. I want to, I want to keep doing this. I'm getting more money and I'm enjoying the things that I have. It's an asset, not a liability at that, you know, at that point, if you buy right, it's not considered a liability. It's an asset. And then, um, a couple years later, you know, I worked at Wendy's as a manager for a little while and I didn't really make good money. I actually have a, a pay stub that I keep with me to remind me of like where I came from and where I'm going kind of thing. Just to like, Oh, I made $319 in two weeks. Like, wow. That's nothing. <laughs> I can't live off that. So, um, got went into a uh, Coast Guard in 2012. Um, been in for six years. The last probably three years, I've been doing uh, flipping high-end mountain bikes, like carbon fiber, um, like car carbon components. At crazy spec bikes, multi-thousand-dollar bikes. I think the most expensive one I flipped was like 12 grand, which is absurd. Yeah. Um, so I, I found like a little niche in the market cause I, I wanted to get into mountain biking. I used to race motocross. Um, obviously I don't want to do that now considering my job is, you know, my income basically, and I don't want to get hurt. So I, I kind of took the safer route of like, Oh, I, I, I'll ride dirt bikes or, um, mountain bikes. And, uh, I was like, well, I wonder if I can flip mountain bikes. Like I flipped furniture in my other, you know, motocross bike. So I found, a website called Pink Bike. I got on there, started looking around, and would you believe that they actually have a, a Kelly Blue Book for high-end mountain bikes? And I didn't know that. So I saw this bike, and I typed in the, the bike model, whatever. It was like twenty-five hundred dollars new. The guy was only asking twelve hundred bucks, and it was that year's model. And I was like, okay, so offer him like a thousand, because everything's negotiable, right, Dave? Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> um, so I offered him a thousand. He took it. And I was researching like, hey, you know, the bike was in good condition. Like, what do I sell this bike for? And I found the Bicycle Blue Book and it said it was worth, you know, 1500 bucks in good condition. So sure as shit, put it on Craigslist, uh, sold the bike within a week, made, you know, 400 bucks. My wife wasn't, my wife wasn't too happy that I took a quarter of our savings at the time and spent it on a mountain bike. She was like, you better, you better make sure about this. Like, so thanks to my wife for that. Um, so we ended up, I ended up flipping it and then I kept rolling that, the profits and the, the money that I was using. Cause we got, we got comfortable, uh, not having that money in our bank account because we were just budgeting. I mean, we were, we've always been pretty decent at budgeting, but we were budgeting off of the money that we had in our savings. And this was kind of like the investment money and kind of rolled it. I sold 13 mountain bikes and made 10 grand in two years. It was just like a little side hustle. So going from that, um, I think we were on vacation in um, North Carolina and we were actually mountain biking and I was flipping a mountain bike, but I, I took it on vacation. That was another thing too. I, I have a mountain bike, take it on vacation, ride it and then come back home and sell it, make money on it. So um, on the way back from vacation, I was talking to my wife in the car. It was like a seven hour drive or eight hour drive or whatever. And I was like, babe, we have a decent amount of savings. Like, I don't know whether I want to invest in a stock market or, and she's like, well, let's find a podcast. So not bigger pockets podcast. 
listen to it for nine hours or eight hours on the way home. Like, lit, like, as soon as we, like, as soon as we turned it on, I was like, there was fireworks going off in my head. I'm like, what the heck, dude? This is crazy. I can't believe this isn't a thing. Like, I didn't even know about it. And it, it goes back to that saying, like, you don't know what you don't know unless you find out about it. You know what I mean? So we stopped at uh, um, Panera Bread. We were talking about it. We were getting like a little game plan together. We were already looking on the MLS, like in our local area, like for homes to flip, whatever. We ended up getting home. And um, I think that next week um, was transfer season. And my buddy that I had left initially when I got to the air station to Puerto Rico was short toured and then came back. And I knew he had, he was doing stuff in real estate before I left. And when he got back, his like, he didn't even say hi, Dave. He's like, you've been flipping any homes? And I was like, no, I actually wanted to talk to you about this. So we ended up partnering on a deal. Um, I think it was probably like six, six months later, we ended up partnering on a deal. I mean, I, that was like the time that I was doing all my research. Like podcasts are good, but I wanted to read books, figure out how to budget, you know, what's the plan from start to finish? How do I get into this? I, you know, things to look for in a flip, like, you know, bad foundation or, you know, HVAC, like all the, uh, all the uh, large capital expense items. Um, so I built up my knowledge, you know, read books, whatever. And then we partnered on a flip and uh, I was the, the gap funder slash um, like rehab money guy. So I provided the gap funding to close the hard money loan to purchase the home. And then uh, whatever money was needed throughout the process, I, I gave forth and we were 50, 50 and Thinking back on it now, I probably shouldn't have been a 50-50 partner with them considering I didn't know anything and I was literally just bringing the gap funding to close the loan. But hey, I wasn't going to argue with 50-50. So, um, purchased a house for 150, but like I think the finder's fee was like another 7 grand and then uh we put like 37,000 into it, sold it for 260 in like 6 days. So two and a half week rehab. We had a really good crew. He has he had systems in place like Rockstar, right? Yeah. <clears throat> sold it sold it in six days, full asking. Which had multiple offers on it. We were actually gonna start a bid war, but one of them backed out, whatever. So that was the that was the light switch. When I got that check or that wire transfer to my savings account, plus my money that I had already put in, I was like, holy cow, he's like, I can I can do this, you know, three, four times a year you know, with different projects and basically supplement my salary that I'm making now doing something I'm super passionate about and putting way less hours into. So that got the wheels turning. Um, I ended up buying this house that we were living in now with the VA loan. I'm sorry. Introduction's over. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm going, I'm going, I'm, going. Just, I'm getting the wheels turning. No, I, love um, it. I We actually bought the house that we're living in now with the uh, VA loan, it was a foreclosure. And I don't know about you military crowd out there, but you can buy a home with a VA loan that's a foreclosure, as long as it meets the VA inspection criteria. So when I found that out, I was on the prowl. I was like, holy cow, we don't have to have any money down, right? I can buy a flip, live in it, and then when I leave in a year, I can make like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. I was like, this is a no brainer. So my wife and I closed on the house. Uh, it was, a, they were asking two twenty four nine. I got, and you can negotiate with the banks. They, 
a lot of people are like, oh, don't even ask. They're not going to do it, whatever. Everything's negotiable. So I came in with a, I think they were asking 224.9. I came in at 214.9. I didn't hear back from them. It was like they ignored my offer. And I'm like, really? So I overbid myself to 218 and they accepted that day. So we closed 30 day close. Oh, and that was another thing. They were like, hey, you get a close in 30 days. So me never buying a house before conventionally, only with a hard money lender, which is like a 10 day close. I was yeah. like, ah, whatever, this is easy. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. I was, I was deployed calling my wife every five minutes. Like, Hey, they asked for this document. Hey, they need your W2s. Hey, I, I couldn't do anything. I was deployed. And that's, that goes into the second time or, you know, second full-time job being in the military investing and stuff like that. Um, moving on a little bit. So we're still, we're still renovating it now. Um, we bought the house with about 40 grand in equity in it based on like local comps and my local comps are pulled from like local realtors and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really trust Zillow too much. It'll give you a general comp, like what the average of the home prices should be. But I mean, if a home hasn't sold in five years, it's not going to update on Zillow because it wasn't recently sold. So you don't actually know what the, what the neighborhood comps are until you see recently sold homes in your area. So I just check with realtors for that. Um, so we're thinking about the 265 areas where we're going to ask for our house. Um, moving a little bit more forward. Um, I partnered with a private equity firm down in Miami. It's called the firm and I am a lead generator. So this goes into, um, multiple revenue streams, multiple incomes, you know, uh, expanding your knowledge. So I didn't really know that much about hard money and how it worked. And, uh, I was kind of intrigued about it. So we were going to buy a property down in Miami and I, I, you know, searched hard money lender like any normal person would do. And I called him up and I was just talking on the phone like you and I are now. She wanted a little bit of background on me. I told him I was a lead generator for another capital group prior. And she's like, Hey, you want to work for us? And I was like, yeah, why not? This is an extra, you know, if I can close a house, Whatever that loan amount is, I'm getting 0.7% of that loan amount for bringing them to lead. That's a no-brainer. So I just, you know, I do a little um, advertising campaign on Facebook and Craigslist and stuff like that to generate leads, and I, I just send them her way. And uh, it's been good. It's been really good. And she actually gave me um, an employee discount on hard money loans, so I get 8.5% and two points on hard money loans up to you know, $20 million or whatever the hell the cap is. So yeah. So, so right there, their normal hard money loan rates are like 9%, 9 to 10% and like 10 or two to three points based on your experience, stuff like that. So just right there, I've already saved myself half a percent of whatever my loan amount would be on a, on a current flip. So we use them for our flip, um, which goes into my next story. Um, because I was a lead generator for a capital group, I felt like that I could partner with other people that were doing flips and, and bring them the hard money loan for, a, you know, an equity or an equity stake in the, in the profits. So I found this guy down in, uh, in Clearwater in the St. Petersburg Clearwater area. And, um, I was like, Hey, I, I have the money. Uh, I have a couple deals under my belt. Let's partner up. What do you think? And he actually posted a thing on a um, Facebook page I'm a part of 
and I've reached out to him. We got on a call, actually flew down there and met him, looked at his systems, kind of, you know, vetted him a little bit, make sure he was a real deal. He is. He has, uh, I think he's done like 150 flips in the last three years. And basically our terms are, I bring the money, 35%, my return, 65% his return. He, he finds the property, rehabs it and sells it. So that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. Long introduction. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, no, that's, that's super cool. So you got, man, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack there from flipping furniture to dirt bikes, to mountain bikes, to houses. And, and then the loan piece, I really like that. That's yeah. really smart. You found a way you get a discount on a hard money loans and you have enough money to front the down payment for it. And you're like, Hey, I can bring the money and I can bring it cheaper than what it would be if you were to bring the money. Exactly. And then I just want a piece. And, and that's cool because if you were, I mean, you're essentially, you're almost acting like a private lender. I mean, there's hard money involved, but they're not needing to do anything with it. So it's essentially like you're a private lender yeah. uh, for the deal and at more affordable rates than what they would get elsewhere. So basically that, that and I'm sure the crowd is thinking like, what the hell, what, what's this guy thinking? Like, why would he bring, why, why didn't he just get his own hard money? He's done 150 flips. Why didn't he get his own hard money? Well, believe it or not, there are some people that want to give back to the community. And when, when I saw his, he sent me a joint venture agreement and it's basically like 30, you know, it's a contract between him and me. And when I saw the 35% return, I, I, I kind of like retracted myself a little bit and I'm like, something about this doesn't seem right. I, I want to trust this individual, but why is he giving me so much money? So I, I, I was just up front with him. I said, Hey, Neil, why me? Why, why are you giving me an opportunity to make an exorbitant amount of money for doing basically nothing? And he's like, look, when I was your age, someone gave me a shot and I took that shot and I grew with it. And now I have, you know, my multi-million dollar flipping company. He's, he has a wholesale company. He has a car lot on like one of the busiest streets in Clearwater. Um, that's another thing. But, uh, and it, and it kind of resonated with me. I was like, damn, I was like, that's really cool. So that giving back mentality kind of sparked my mind. And that's why I'm on this podcast. I want to, I want to give my story and see if there's anybody out there, if I could just change one person's mentality to make, to, to you know, take that first step and do it safely and the right way. Um, that's worth it for me, man. So I've kind of adjusted my Instagram from personal to more business oriented. So personal finance and real estate investing tips and stuff like that. Um, which goes to, which goes into like the last government shutdown we had. I know it didn't affect the armed forces, but it affected, you know, uh, it affected the coast guard and we weren't getting paychecks for a while. And at my job, a lot of people were running around like chickens with their head cut. Like, Oh, what am I going to do? Like, I can't afford to buy groceries this month and I can't afford my rent. And I'm like, wait, you have a problem here. Yeah. I made a video about that. Trying to go yeah, viral. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, we, we, we have a problem. shut down as you worried you're a socialist and basically saying like, you rely on the government, whether you think you're a socialist or not, that's you it. Stand on your own two feet. Exactly. So, um, I got with my command after and, um, it was, it was really weird having people come up to me and ask for advice is when they're in that position, I want to, I want to lend them a hand. It's our, you know, that's our, that's our family. Like, Hey, what do you need help with? Like, how can I help you? 
like oh I, I just need budgeting like I, I need to learn how to budget better like i need to learn how to save money better and stuff like that i went to the command and got this uh dave ramsey uh finance course put in place for active duty military at my unit um but yeah man so i i kind of like switched the light switch you know went off of my brain and i kind of pivoted to more of a helping hand rather than you know just keeping it all to myself i don't want to be greedy that's not who i am I like it. You know, I want to point out something that you did and, you know, you didn't say it this way, which makes me wonder if it was intentional or not, but Uh-oh. no, 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 this is good. This <laughs> is what you did and you did something very right that most people don't do. And I want to highlight it for those out there because I, I, so I get, as the platform grows, right. I get tons of requests for mentor or information or help or guidance. And, you know, I, I love helping. I love, you know, whatever, but it, I mean, as we were talking before, yeah, yeah. Like, there's only so much time in the day and I can't exactly. physically keep up if I try to help everyone who's reaching out. And so what I'll do now is like, Hey, check out this video. Hey, whatever, get back to me, you know, and we'll see if they even get back to me. Um, the way to get in on that. So there is, I have a virtual assistant. We'll use, we'll use her for example. She may even see this. I don't know if she knows that this is that I'm onto her, but, uh, <laughs> she was one of my like beta testers for my uh, coaching her and her husband. And, yeah. uh, and they were great. And, you know, that'll launch eventually. I, I'm kind of tweaking some stuff based on the feedback. And afterwards she was like, Hey, I know you said you're struggling with this, this, and this in time. I can do copyright SEO editing this, that, and the other for you. And I'd love to work for you as a VA. And you know, she's not free, but she's affordable and she's skilled and she's good. And what it allows us to do is like the other day we had, we had an hour, hour and a half long call, call on the phone talking about everything from them buying a live and flip to how we can help grow the community. But it's because she came to me and said, this is what I can do for you. I'd like to work. I'd like to help you. And so what you did with the guy down in Clearwater or wherever it is, is you said, Hey, I can bring all of this money to the deal for you and I can do it at a discounted rate and I'd love to help you out. And then all of a sudden now you've got this guy being generous and saying, Hey, yeah, I'll help you. Someone gave me a shot, you know, whatever. And you've essentially got, you've got a business partner. Yes. But you've essentially got a mentor with someone who's doing buku flips. Exactly. And you did it because you added value. You didn't go and say, Oh man, you're doing all these flips. That's great. Teach me, show me your ways. Like, no, you said, Hey, look, this is what I can do. And I think that this will help you if you like the idea. Great. Um, and, and that's the way, you know, people get so wrapped up in finding a mentor that they forget that that guy has got too much, like, like realistically, the guys that you are wanting to mentor you, they have, you have no business being mentored by half of them because they don't have time to mentor you and you're not bringing anything to the table. So if you find something to bring to the table and that can be bringing money, that can be another good one that a lot of people I know do. And I actually, this was someone is find a deal. Like I found a deal. I was like, he normally gives a pretty good fee and I didn't, I did not get that huge fee, but I was a partner on the deal and got to learn from it. And that yeah. was more. So anyway, I, I wanted to point that out because you, you like, you mentioned it and you kind of skipped past it. I was like, no, no, yeah. that's a key point for people looking to get started is whether you did it intentionally or not, you found a way to add value to someone and that got you into a situation where you're going to learn. Yeah. Which, which brings me into my next topic I wanted to talk about is relationship building. Yep. Um, I, I think relationships in this business are 100% if you don't have relationships in this, that's, that's based, that's what the business is based off is relationships. This guy knows this guy that 
that can bring this value and this guy can do this and this, you know what I mean? So if you don't have that, if you don't have that, um, that skill or you're not seeking to build relationships, you're kind of retracting yourself and you want to, you know, just do it all on your own. Well, it's going to, it's going to be hard to get started. And I believe that relationships are an amazing tool for anybody to use, um, getting started. Cause like you said, um, now I have a mentor that's paying me to be with him on the deal. Yeah. That's like finding that. That's finding, the way to do it. Yeah. To, to pay him. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> I, now to, I, like it's kind of resonating with me again. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I actually like did that. But like you said, I, I, I saw it. I brought, I brought value. I, I, I asked him, I didn't even ask him. I told him, I said, Hey, I can bring all the money to the deal done. He didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even ask me to partner with them. I just came in and said, Hey, look, I can do this. And he's like, well, it's like, and then we got on the phone. Yeah. I told him a little bit about my story and how military and, and, uh, use military to your advantage, yep. <laughs> like helping out military members. Really? Um, it's their way of giving back to someone that they necessarily can't give back to besides donating. You know what I mean? So he's giving back to what he thinks is a good cause because he's helping a military family expand their company. And he, he always says this, he's like, man, he's like, I got to tell you, you remind me a lot of you. And I was a used car salesman. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I guess it is a good thing. So yeah. But uh, yeah, relationship building. Number one, I I would say knowledge and relationship building are, are the keys to starting. That's funny. So while we're on that subject, I'm going to put a shameless plug out there Okay. that I just like just this morning, I created another t-shirt on my website because uh, I don't know if you know who Jay Helms is, but he has a t-shirt that just says like earn, invest, repeat. And Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And I like the shirt, but I was like, man, you know, that's cool, but that's not my, my mantra. So I created a t-shirt on the back. It still says in bold letters, it says military millionaire. Cause I want that to be the piece that like, if you're wearing the shirt, it's like, that's your brand. I'm going to be a military millionaire, but the front just says learn network and take action. And that's it. That's my, like, that's all you need. If you, you learn the piece, you find the people and then you go. It's funny how, it's funny how we have the same perspective on how to start. Well, I mean, we are both wearing Hawaiian shirts. And we are both wearing very classy Hawaiian shirts. I didn't buy this for the podcast, by the way. It was in my closet. Mine's legit. And I tell people this all the time is a real Hawaiian shirt is brighter on the inside. It's like they intentionally fade it. This means I'm not real, Dave. Oh, no. No, (laughs) Uh, So, no, this is actually, this is funny because this is like a polo, but this is a super high end, like probably $100 shirt that I got at a while out garage sale flipping as we were talking what we were talking about earlier yeah i got it for like a dollar and i was looking at the tag and i was like mm, that's real yep i'm grabbing Banana that. republic what <laughs> no 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 yeah it's some, some local like handmade company with the, like uh well this one doesn't have it but there was another shirt same company and it's like the actual like coconut button okay yes. okay super classy shirt when i want to be yeah. classy yeah that's not yeah so networking relationships and knowledge i i, I do believe that and we can go into um, grasping at opportunities. <clears throat> so I, I believe that in order to understand when an opportunity pre- uh, pre- uh, presents itself to you, um, if you don't have the knowledge to understand what's being presented to you and how to take advantage of it, then you're not ready. 
you don't haven't taken that that first step and which is building your knowledge base i do believe that if you don't have the knowledge you can't you can't see opportunity it's gonna it's gonna come in front of you and blow right past you so um that goes back into six to eight months of, of research and building my knowledge on on what i what action i wanted to take in real estate investing and that led to my partnership with with neil down in clearwater and you know, this is the first of many. The guy flips like 50, 60 homes a year. And he's like, look, I'll grow as fast as you want to. Like after this one, we can do two or three at a time. And I, I want to say that this is my ticket out of the Coast Guard. And my, you know, I have three years left to build a, a very solid foundation for, for my business and my wife and stuff. And we're going to have kids soon. So I want to make sure what I'm doing is the right, the right thing. And I want to, I don't want to, um, leave the military if I'm not hundred percent comfortable, but yeah. So knowledge and in, uh, taking advantage of, um, any opportunities that present themselves. So that was yeah. that like, what is it they say? Uh, luck, luck is when opportunity meets, uh, meets hard work, something, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember the quote. So people always say, Oh, you got lucky. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I'm in a mastermind group right now and the guy who runs the mastermind was talking the other day and I can't remember what it's called, a uh, reticular activation system or something. Anyway, we were talking and he said something and it, it's very true. So you ever notice like you, what kind of car do you drive? Uh, a okay. GMC Sierra. No, uh, no, no, no. So, so you drive a GMC Sierra. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So when you first bought your GMC Sierra, did you notice all of a sudden that there's GMC Sierras? All of a I noticed them everywhere. Yeah, and you hadn't before because you weren't paying any attention. But now that you nope. own one, it's like, holy smokes. You buy a Harley, there's Harleys everywhere. You buy a, nope. you know, I bought a diesel Jetta station wagon thing. And now I see Jetta station wagons everywhere. And I'd never nope. even noticed it before. Um, it's in your head, right? Like now that your brain is paying attention to that, you see it everywhere in the midst of all the other cars. And that was a really great example that he gave for that's exactly what your mind does. So when you're thinking about and learning about and networking about a flip house, you know, flipping a house, when the house that needs to be flipped crosses your view, you're like, there you go. Yep. That's, I want to take advantage of that. Yep. That's the, the opportunity. That's the, the luck is that you knew what you were looking for and you found it. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Turner and, 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 and them, they, they talk about how um, they, they buy houses just based off of like address and a couple pictures. Now it's because they've, they've developed that skill set to know, Hey, the numbers work. The numbers will never lie. There's unseen factors when you're doing a flip, like foundation issues, like in your case, or <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I keep, I keep putting you on the spot with that one. I mean, we had foundation issues on our first flip. I didn't talk about that. So we had, we had so much money budgeted for the home. We went, instead of doing like a, a, a medium trim level, we went a little bit higher end. We did like white quartz and stainless steel and all that stuff. And that was just to build the property up for, for the prospective buyer, obviously. But we had foundation issues for the crawl space. It was concrete block and um, it was an unforeseen cost. It cost us $3,500 to dig up an L shape around the front of the house down to the, to the base basically and then what we had to do is hire a contractor come in and uh, basically hot tar the foundation and wrap it to make sure no water would intrude anymore because we were getting water in our crawl space that was never going to pass inspection. And we didn't see it initially because when we want, when we saw the property, it wasn't raining and there was no snow on the ground. But when we actually closed on the property, we went over that day 
And it was literally like someone had a, a hose on half, you know, half open, just boop, right into the, right into the cross space where the heater was. Mm. And I'm like, that's the problem. That's an extra $3,500 that we didn't, we didn't foresee, you know, we're replacing the roof. Um, the roof initially looked fine and our contractor got up there and everything was fine. What he didn't see was um, the ridgeline uh, wasn't sealed properly from whoever built the house prior. And when it rained, it, it came through. Mm-hmm. We had to replace the roof. Um, that was seven grand, unforeseen costs. So when, when people say, oh, you know, you don't, you don't need money to get into to, to real estate, that's a kind of, a, kind of like a thin line because if you don't have that budget in your hard money loan, and that's why I do a 10 to 15% cushion, on my on my hard money loans for my, my my next couple flips um is because you do have those unforeseen costs that you you know even the most experienced investors will go into a house and be like yeah it looks good to me well the hvac shot you didn't know it it was it was uh winter and now it's summer and now your hvac doesn't work so that's you know 10 15 grand depending on where you live but that wasn't incorporated into the hard money loan and now somebody's got to pay for it so it's going to be you if you're if you're sole proprietor or your sole owner and it is you, you have to come out of pocket. Or what do you do? Take out a private loan in the bank and you know, and or put on a credit card rather. So um I don't know where I was going with that. I just lost my track. <laughs> but uh yeah, well I guess we'll go into the credit cards. So I I really do think that credit cards are a, an amazing tool um for flipping and, and just everyday financing. Like you have to have cre- it's unfortunate, but you have to have credit to, to be considered anything. You can't get a loan. You can't get a, a car with a decent interest rate. You can't buy a house. You can't you do a lot of things. And as the, the flipping space grows and people are getting um, into the flipping game more and, and you have all these like, you know, private money and hard money lenders popping up, they're, bec- they're becoming a lot more strict with who they take. So I know this last hard money loan, if I wasn't partnered with them, um, I've only done three flips or well, three flips now, my fourth one in Clearwater, but um, they weren't going to, they weren't going to give me a good rate unless I had five flips and five flips is a lot, especially for, for military members that if you don't have a partner, that's a civilian that can be a project manager for a flip where you work maybe three hours a day in the military, which is unheard of, you can't manage that project yourself. There's no way. It's impossible. So you, you almost have to do a partnership. I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I'm sure there's people that do it all the time. From my, from my perspective, the market that I'm in in New Jersey is pretty covered up because we have big money from New York and uh, Philly and D.C. area that's just buying everything up. I mean, when you go to the sheriff's sale, there's – 70 people there outbidding each other and then you got this one group that has you know a couple million dollars just buying up everything you can't compete with that so i i I was like you know what i got to find a different market and you know and then i came with the partnership as well clearwater and uh so i kind of killed two birds with one stone there and got a different market that's doing well and a partner and a mentor so yeah it all worked out for me man but like i said if if you never, if you never adjust your mindset to to look for opportunity like that, you'll never get it. It'll it'll never happen. So that's it. Um, yeah. So, uh, just for military members exclusively, um, there's a couple credit cards out there that 
have insane points or cash back that you can take advantage of right now. Um, they waive their annual fee. So I got a, a American Express Platinum card, and I think it's $500 a year to have. Yep. It's waived for military. And my wife and I fly for free now because every expense that I have, minus my mortgage, which you can't pay with a credit card. I was pretty mad about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I put on the card and then I pay it off every month. That's important. If you're going to use credit cards. Yeah, yeah, pay it off. You have to pay it off. If you don't, you're just going to pay an exorbitant amount of interest and I'll never get behind it, whatever. Um, but yeah, my wife and I fly for free now and it saves us even more money. I actually put a post up the other day. Every time we go to the airport to fly out, either Philly or New York, they have a Centurion Lounge there, which is free top shelf alcohol and, and free food. So now I'm not buying drinks on the aircraft and I'm not paying for food inside the airport. Yep. So I'm saving even more money now on top of the free. It's just a win, win, win. So I really do. I, I'm a really big proponent of use credit cards, man. As long as you can, um, just don't swipe. Amazon makes it too easy. <laughs> you you put something in your cart and you, you hit place order and it's it's at your door in five minutes. It's insane. And they want it to be like that. But yeah. you have to get behind it and just be like, look, I know, you know, June 1st, I got to pay this card off. We have to set aside enough money to make sure that we, you know, pay this card off. And uh, that leads me into saving money. Um, my wife and I got really good at not spending money. I think we eat out like maybe once or twice a month. We cook all our home or our meals in at home. She coupons like crazy. I don't know how she does it, but I kind of got her mindset into, Hey, everything, you know, why, why spend $5 more on this item when we can buy this one? It's the same and maybe an off brand, but who the hell cares? It's doing the same thing anyways, you know, and then coupon the hell out of everything and military discounts. Pretty much everything has a military discount attached to it. So I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And uh, I would say for dual income families, I, I'm, I'm lucky because I don't have kids yet. Um, so we're able, my wife and I, she's, she's a teacher. Um, and in New Jersey, teachers make really good money. So we've basically been able to um, modify or adjust our living to live off of 40% of our income and save the other. So that brings me, you know, that that gives me a lot more money to invest um, in real estate and build my portfolio and stuff like that. So budgeting is huge. Budgeting is very big. And I wrote a post the other day. I wouldn't start investing unless you have a nice six month cushion, just in case anything happens, your wife's lose her job. You got a car expense come up. You're not scrambling like, Oh, I got to run my, now you're running your credit card for something you can't pay for. And I, I do believe like a six month reserve is a really good um, thing to have um, before you start investing and looking for other opportunities. Oh. Yeah. I put 500 paycheck into, I call it my emergency fund, but it's my, my travel fund too. So, you know, I, it's like, Oh, but then I, I end up buying a flight and just not even needing to tap into it. So I'm like, yeah, I was leaving. But, um, yeah. you know, so I got a couple thousand dollars chilling in there for the what ifs, which is, which is yeah. nice because the awesome. what ifs arise. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug if you want more info on the Amex Platinum or some other cards. I have an article and a YouTube video. You should go check them out. I went like, because I, I have the Amex Platinum and I love it. Yeah. Um, I've also had other cards that I was not as smart with, but the Amex, you know, there's some really good cards out there. So I talked about a few of them. Feel free to check it out. Um, all right, Tony, we've been uh, recording for like 45 minutes. So I got to. Oh. I got to hit some of these. I got to hit some of these questions that yeah, I uh, it, that I normally roll into. So 
I guess the first one would be just, hey, if, a, if an E1, E2, you know, 18, 19-year-old kid was to walk up to you, ask you for advice, you had a moment to give him one tip, what would it be? Don't buy that car. You don't need it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, find a nice used vehicle. There, I, I, there's like a calculation. I forget what it is. So <clears throat> if you finance something for four years, you can't, the, the car payment should be, uh, 10% or, or yeah, 10% or less than what your, um, net income is for that month. So if you buy, I think 10% of 4,000, hopefully I'm doing my math right is 400 bucks. Uh, that's, that should be your, that would be your car payment. But dude, man, I, I see these non rates and, um, I, I'm an E4, I'm hopefully making E5 soon, but they, they're coming to work with these brand new, like Camaros and, and like these Ford F three, I'm like, what are you hauling, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you hauling? You don't you don't haul anything. Why do you need this truck? My favorite's when the tow mirrors are out and they don't own a yes. tow. Yes, sixty seventy thousand dollar vehicle. I know his car payments at least seven hundred a month, and I know he didn't put any money down because he doesn't have any. And it's definitely money. not a four year. Uh, no, it's it's the longest term you can get, man. Yeah. Seven years or whatever the hell it is. Up to eight in some cases. Yeah, now. and then you have and then you have that credit history which they don't have. So they're paying an, you know, a crazy interest rate yeah. until they can, you know, establish a payment history and, and refinance out of the vehicle. But don't buy that car, man. And in, in, in save, like just save. That's it. Like come up with a budget for yourself. Um, my wife, my wife and I look at our budget, I'd say every three months and we, you know, whether it changes or not, we still go through the budget. Cause at the end of the day, if I'm, if money's disappearing, I'm supposed to be saving Three grand a month, and I'm only saving twenty two hundred. Well, where's this other eight hundred dollars going? What did we, what did we, what did we do this month that was different than last month? And why haven't we saved that money? So I, I, I go through my budget every three months, and I come up with a system that doesn't put me over that forty percent living cost. So yeah, budget and don't don't buy a car. <laughs> don't buy that. Don't buy that brand new car. Yeah, I, I saw someone post the other day in that video or the financial hack thing that I was talking about, and he made some valid points. It was like under a hundred thousand miles, uh, around eight to ten years old, under ten thousand dollars, like something like that. And I was like, Yeah, that's kinda I mean, I spend a little more than like I bought this car for ten nine, but it's uh, a twenty thirteen, so six years old, and it only had twenty four thousand miles on it, or twenty three thousand miles on it, and it's a diesel. So I was like, for one, it blue booked for four thousand more than I paid for it. Yeah, when I bought it, and then for two, it's a diesel that'll run for a quarter million miles, and I got twenty four thousand on it. So, and you get stupid gas mileage, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in even in California traffic, I'm getting thirty five on on open highway forty five. That's better than so, most. So for a diesel, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's, a, I, it's a nice car with Bluetooth and all that, so it's you know I still get to have a nice thing, but it was yeah. for affordable. My payments like. 201 i think so that's nuts man so i i say that not because i don't i i just don't want you to make that mistake because i made it right i was an e4 i didn't know what i know now and back then i saw that my i kind of had no other choice i had a nice truck i had a 2006 um dodge cummins turbo diesel Mm. and it was nice man it had a lift kit on it you know i'm from Murphy, North Carolina originally. So that was kind of like the Southern thing. Like, Hey, I have this lifted truck. Um, that truck started having like electrical issues and I couldn't figure it out. So I needed to have a reliable vehicle and I 
the only thing I could go buy, well, not the only thing I could go buy. I could definitely have gotten something cheaper, but I saw the truck and I wanted it. I felt like that I earned it, but I put $15,000 down on it like an idiot. And I, I'm thinking back now, I'm like, what could I have done with 15 grand? If, if I have a hard money loan out right now and I only have 20 grand into it, right? And that $20,000 is going to make me $28,000. I, I just made over a hundred percent return on a little, like, you know, a, an amount of money. I could have used that 15 grand and probably grown into 30, $40,000. And then, you know, it's just little things like that. You don't, you don't, your, if your mind's not tuned to think about um, money that way, you're just, doesn't really matter to you. And that's why I'm still paying off. I have a $400 a month uh, car payment and uh, I have a year left on it. Thank God the truck will be paid off. But now that, my, with with me making E5 and then losing that $400 a month car payment, I'll have another $1,000 a month prospectively that I can save. Yep. And that'll go towards real estate. So, yeah. All right. So what is one resource, a uh, book, course, website, whatever oh, that you would recommend to anyone getting started in real estate? This is so cliche. I know. And I, you know what I'm going to say? Mm. I hate it. But in the, same, in the same breath. It's okay. You can say a second one afterwards. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Rich Dad Poor Dad is I don't know why I don't just hold it up like when I ask that question like oh it's in it's in my it's in my overnight bag in my duty bag because actually this is the second time I'm reading it now yeah, um I'm sitting on my bookshelf right over there. yeah um Rich Dad Poor Dad man it it really like I had to read the book twice because there were so many good like tidbits and, and information inside the inside the book that I didn't understand at the time and and you know it kind of explains it a little bit book progresses nicely so it gives you like an overall concept of what he's trying to explain and then it starts breaking down each individual detail as you get further into the book and the mindset change that that book creates for you to start thinking about money in, in a different way have money make money for you that's it that's i mean if i could sum the book in, in that sentence have it, it it shows you how to have money make money for you that's it yep. so yeah um, really good book. And then I'm actually going to plug a flipper, um, flip your future. Oh, I, Ryan Ryan Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Great book for people starting out. Um, easy read. You could probably read it in two days. Um, basically breaks down the flipping system for you and it's okay to make mistakes. Cause the only way to, the only way to learn is to, is to make mistakes. Um, my wife and I got, got into a bad investment. I didn't really want to share it with the podcast, but whatever. Um, this, hopefully this is a good little tidbit for people. People make mistakes. I, uh, I lost $6,000 on an investment with, uh, with a gentleman that I was doing a, a, a lease to buy option with out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Payday comes. I had, I had a promissory note. I thought I was doing everything properly. Um, payday comes. Guy ghosts me. I haven't heard from him in probably 17 days. I can't go after them. I could, but it would cost me more in legal fees than what I, what I lost. So why would I lose more money? And I'm glad, I'm glad in a way that I only lost six grand because I've talked to some other really big investors um, on Instagram and, and through blogs and stuff. And they're like, dude, I lost, like my partner, Neil, he had a 40 unit apartment complex for section eight in uh, Clearwater. Well, 2008 happened. Government lost Section 8 funding. Guess what happened? He foreclosed on a $1.3 million property. 
done. I lost six grand. This guy lost 1.3 million and shot his credit. So just when you think you have it bad, somebody always has it worse. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. learning point. So this time with my partnership with him, um, I, yeah, I did everything right. Don't be cheap. Pay for legal fees. It's 100% worth it. Is at the end of the day, you're protecting your investment. If it costs you a couple hundred dollars to not lose tens of thousands of dollars, 100% worth it. So yeah. I secured the hell out. I'm on the deed of the home. I'm on the contract. He's just, all he has with me is a joint venture agreement. And that's because I'm not going to screw him over. Obviously you could take me to court with the joint venture agreement. So, um, yeah, protect yourself. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Before we wrap this up, Tony, is there, uh, Anything you'd like to add? Any parting thoughts or big advice? For no, I really appreciate your time, Dave. I, I appreciate the invite on the podcast. Hopefully, uh, I know I'm not the most knowledgeable person because I'm, I'm still pretty young in my investing career, but I hope I could uh, shed some light on some, some newbies or some people that want to get started um, in real estate investing or saving money. You know, Leverage credit cards, try to save 40% of your paycheck. Don't buy that car. That's it. Yeah. Well, just so you know, the goal of this podcast is not to showcase <laughs> all the Grant Cardones and Donald yeah. Trump's the world. The goal of this podcast is to showcase how the everyday service member can build wealth through real estate and finance. Yeah. So you are the perfect person to have on the show. One but, last thing. Yeah. Um, don't, don't give up. If you're, if you're getting into it and <clears throat> easy money is bad money, there is no easy money. Everything that I've built and how far I've come and how much time I've put into building my knowledge and relationships, it's, it's taken me seven months to build a relationship with somebody that I can actually make money with, right? So everything that I've done on my own has, has just been me taking the, the, that, that uh, initial step into you know, leveraging the VA loan to buy a foreclosure that I know I have equity in or using another military member. Use your military members. I, if you have somebody that's like-minded with you that you work with, talk to them. You know, I don't know how the, how the other branches are. I'm assuming there's like a couple thousand people to a shop, but we have 200 people at my air station. Everyone knows everyone on a first name basis. Talk to people, get like-minded people with you. Um, you probably have subclimates in big, um, uh, you know, air force and Marines or whatever. You guys probably had like little subclimates of people that ha are like-minded. Get with them. See if you can do a deal together. See how much they know, you know, it's, it's better taking risk with a partner than it is by yourself because then you mitigate some of your loss. But yeah, that's it for me, man. Absolutely. That's huge. All right, Tony, thank you very much. Where can, uh, where can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out? What's your plug your Instagram and wherever else? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is Tony underscore the military investor. And, uh, you can DM me. I'll, I'll answer questions to the best of my knowledge. Um, I don't have a website yet. <laughs> uh, I don't have a YouTube channel. Like I said, I'm, I'm just getting started with the, uh, the influencer type deal on Instagram. So if you want some uh, personal finance tips or you want to track my progress through my real estate investing, my IG would probably be the best spot to find me at. All right. Well, Tony, thank you very much for joining yeah. us today. I appreciate it, brother. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarymillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.